We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I didn't ask how you were doing because you can't answer, but I hope if you are listening to this that you are doing well. If you're not listening to this, go to heck. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Today, we are recording this Tuesday. Chris, don't laugh. You're not supposed to be part of this. This is supposed to be like a thing that I do that people think I did by myself and not Sorry, just I'm, right I'm going to go to heck. <laughs> um, anyways, we're talking about today, we're recording this Tuesday, June 22nd. We're going to rank the 15 most valuable 49ers. It's going to be a two-part podcast. So today we will be doing 15 through 8, and then in a, another podcast later this week we'll do 7 up through 1. A little bit of an interesting conversation coming up because Chris and I had very different takes on what most valuable means. So we'll get into that and then roll into our lists, which still are are pretty close, but with a couple of, of pretty significant differences. So that's coming up. Enjoy. Blue Liar. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. Hi, Chris. Good news. My HVAC guy came a day early. He was supposed to come Sunday. He came Saturday. So my AC got fixed like 24 hours before I thought it was going to be fixed. And now we're all good to go. So I'm back to beating the heat right in time for it to cool down again. Yeah, I was going to say it's it cooled down considerably uh, today, I guess, and yesterday after it was scorching over the weekend. Um, yeah. My, uh, my window fan that was so crucial last summer... And into last fall when it was warm has gotten real sporadic on me and will just turn off. Oh boy. Randomly. So it might be time to uh to get a new one. Um there are rumors that a uh a a, a mobile air conditioning unit is gonna be put upstairs in my place somewhere. Um so fingers oh crossed. My. Yeah, fingers just in, crossed. Just in time for you to go to Sacramento. 
Yeah, we're all <laughs> we're all have air conditioning on the regular, and oh it will be a uh, a life changing event for your guy who hasn't had air conditioning since roughly twenty seventeen. Brutal. It, this is going to become an HVAC based podcast. Great. In fact, how do we not have an HVAC company sponsoring this bitch yet? That's a great question. We should that get on is that. A good question. We absolutely should. All right, let's run through our list. So. An interesting conversation, just kind of off top, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about for this podcast, you said, let's do most valuable 49ers. And I said, great. And I started kind of jotting down a list. And the first several were easy, and then I had a, had a tougher time kind of maneuvering people around and deciding who to include and not to include at the end. But you put your list in our uh, uh, rundown. Yeah. And... I noticed that it included a couple names I didn't have on my list at all, but it just looked was a, it was a vastly different list than the one I put together. So yeah, so I did that, it. Explain I, explain your kind of methods without uh, saying who goes who you place where. Yeah, so I kind of did it um, like if I'm a GM how I'm ranking the most valuable assets on my roster is basically sure. how I did it. So there are, you know, I, I heavily factored in contracts um, when these players were drafted. So obviously there are going to be some first round picks on rookie contracts who are still valuable because, you know, those guys, it's, it's a trade value uh, exercise in a way too. Like, you know, a former first round pick, who was a first round pick just a couple years ago is going to have more value than other guys purely because of upside, the fact, you know, the talent level, where their contract is. And, and, you know, that's appealing in terms of just how you're, how you're constructing a roster and how you're um, valuing these guys. So it's not necessarily like a list of the 15 best players. Um, there's obviously some of that involved in the list, but um, you know, for me, it's about, it's sort of about looking at these guys as assets and where they're at financially in terms of, you know, cap dollars and all of that. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of how I did it. And it sounds like it was pretty different from yours. You've seen my list. I have not seen yours. So this is, this is going to be an interesting exercise for sure. Yeah. I went most valuable player in terms of just like how many times this year are we going to go, wow, that's the best player on the Niners. Right. Maybe not best player on the Niners, but like, wow, really good game from that guy. Yeah. That it's, it's which guys do some stuff the most often. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the, the slant to mine. Your slant is a little bit different. So let's start at the bottom of the list. And who is number, you go first. Who's number 15? It's Alex Mack. Okay. Um, and he's, He's on the list because, I mean, you're you're getting to 15, right? So you're you're basically at, you know, a full starting lineup and then a little bit beyond that. So th this is a player who's, you know, Alex Mack is 36. He's making 1.4 million, which is not a lot at all, and his his salary cap figure is just under three million. Um, but the reason why he's valuable here is just what he represents for the offense. What what he could add to the offense that the offense has been lacking 
um, which has been consistency under center, right? Alex Mack, even though he's probably not at the same form he was last decade when he was an all-decade player, mm-hmm. but he's still probably one of the ten, one of the five to ten best setters in the league, I would guess. Um, and so, you know, at his cap figure, given how important the center can be for a Kyle Shanahan offense, given his experience within the offense what he'll bring in terms of um, helping out the quarterbacks when it comes to protections and sliding and all of those things. Um, I have Alex Mack at 15 and if it were like prime Alex Mack, he might, he might be a top 10 guy. Sure. Um, But just because he's 36 and he's, he's definitely, um, you know, in the last few holes of his career, I think, uh, I think 15 is about the right spot for him here. I have him at number 14. Okay. On my list for for similar reasons, I think if center is such an important spot, especially for uh, a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, who frankly holds onto the ball too long sometimes. Mm-hmm. If Weston Richburg is healthy in 2019, I think the 49ers have a pretty good chance to to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's certainly and, a better chance. Yeah, and I think I think that. The, I mean, you said it. The lack of consistency on the interior of the offensive line is is a big deal. And I think if Aaron Banks is not on either of our lists, but if he starts and is as good as a right guard picked in the second round should be, I think if we redo this list in the middle of the season, he's going to find his way not only onto the list but but might climb pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I thought about him. I actually listed him in, in an uh, honorable mentions. Right up there with um, Peter Taumoy Peno. Yeah, I added Peter Taumoy Peno as a joke. Um, <laughs> but so honorable mentions for me, I guess, in order. Mike McGlinchey, Samson Ebukam, Kwan Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Drake Greenlaw, Manuel Mosley, Kyle Juszczyk, Robbie Gold, Aaron Banks, Ambry Thomas, and D Ford. Bunch of those dudes made my list. Okay, yeah. I, I think um, the guy who probably would have been... S- closest to making the top 15 for me is probably Kyle Juszczyk mm-hmm. um you can make a case for Mike McGlinchey and he probably would have been in this list after 2019 yeah. but certainly not after um not being particularly good in pass protection last year um yeah. so you did so did you say who you have 15th I I have not I just wanted to get the Alex Mack conversation okay so you had Alex Mack at 14 who yeah, do you have at 15 15 I have Dre Greenlaw Okay. Because I think that the 49ers' ability to control the middle of the field with athletic linebackers like Greenlaw and Fred Warner, who, spoiler alert, is higher on my list. Same. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get to him this episode. But, no, I think I think Greenlaw does a, a really nice job in coverage. And being able to have two linebackers on the field who can cover – who can tackle consistently? Because remember, in 2018, one of the 49ers' big problems was just tackling. Like they couldn't, they could, they just couldn't tackle people. And that's something that Drake Greenlaw is really good at. He is a capable coverage player, not as good as Warner, but certainly capable enough that he can stay on the field for three downs. And I just think in the modern NFL, with offenses that are faster, more dynamic, more versatile. I think having defensive players that can match that is super important. And I think Greenlaw, I don't think he's 
a pro bowler, but I think he's a really high quality starter at a at a pretty important position. Yeah, and you're getting him in year three um, on his rookie contract, so he's still making hardly anything at all. So yeah, that definitely fifth round pick. Yeah, that that definitely adds to his value. Let me see if this uh, over the cap page can can load for me in time. We are looking for Greenlaw. Let me type it in. Trey Greenlaw is making. <laughs> he's costing nine hundred thirty thousand against the cap this year. So yeah, I think he was definitely a guy right in the mix for me. He didn't make the list, but um, for all the reasons you said, I completely agree with you. I just, I didn't have him on here, but he probably would have been 16 or 17 for me. Um, Okay. So 14 for me is Eric Armstead and he's Hmm. obviously making a ton of money. Yep. Um, And I think he's, he's the second largest cap hit, uh, on the team this year at 12.4 million, 12.45 million. Um, and double digit sack guy once in his career led the team in sacks in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. Didn't have a particularly good year last year. Um, wasn't bad. Did was one of the few guys to, to play in every game and was asked to play out of position a lot at defensive end. Eric Armstead, after playing, um, you know, after those, dealing with injuries in 16 and 17 that basically cost him half of those seasons. He's played in every game in three straight years now. Um, so he's versatile along the defensive line. Uh, he's not exactly like a, a sack artist, but he's a, he's a good player. Um, and if Eric Armstead is, is your third best defensive lineman, uh, which I think the 49ers are hoping he will be this year, maybe their second best guy. Um, I think you're, you're fine. If you're asking Eric Armstead to, to be, you know, your best defensive lineman, then you're going to run into issues. But if you can, if you can play him on the inside, um, in pass rushing situations and you can force a quarterback to step up with, with having pressure on the edge, um, then, then Armstead is a guy that, that can clean up some plays like he did in 2019. So good against the run. Good against the pass when he's when he's playing in the right spot. He is making a lot of money, um, but twelve point five for defensive end, defensive tackle, hybrid guy isn't isn't a ton. Um, so he's just a, he's just an important player for them. Like it, there's it's going to be hard for the 49ers to contend uh, for a Super Bowl without getting a good year from Eric Armstead, and I think that speaks to his value. And so um, he should be higher on this list if you if he was able to have you know, two straight double digit sack seasons from 2019 into 2020, instead of just three and a half last year, he'd be higher on this list, but this goes to talent versatility. Um, and, and just sort of how important he is for that defense. I think he is sort of a under the radar, important player for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's 14 for me. Yeah. For, for my criteria, he just wasn't good enough last year. Wasn't productive enough. There were just too many times where I left a game going did like I knew Eric Armstead played but it was like man it would have been it would have been nice to have Eric Armstead you know their highest paid defensive lineman making making a play here and there and I think you're right I think he he can certainly bounce back this season but the sample size we have the six season sample size we have 2019 was the outlier so 
Um, I need to see another year like that from him before I before I drop him in my in my in my top fifteen. Moving to number thirteen, I believe you had this player on your honorable mention list. I've got mm-hmm. Lakin Tomlinson, the left guard. Okay. For a lot of the things that I said about Mac and about the importance of of interior offensive linemen, I don't know if Lakin Tomlinson's ever gonna make a Pro Bowl, but he's just a really solid uh consistent reliable left guard that the 49ers can put out there he's gonna run block he's gonna pass block he's gonna miss an assignment here and there he's not gonna be perfect but he's just gonna be a really solid uh starting left guard who like i said is reliable and given what this 49ers team has gone through having a guy that you know you're getting 16 games out of is a is a pretty significant deal so i i dropped like in tomlinson at number 13 yeah i i don't disagree with with what you said i just didn't have him on here it's sort of a a positional value thing for me and also just how much money he's making. He's the Niners' seventh yeah. highest cap figure this year at $6.6 million, um, which isn't a ton, but I guess it's kind of a lot for a guard. And I just, you know, he's a good player for sure. If you were to ask, if, if this were just about ranking the 49ers' 15 best players, I think he would definitely be on there for me. But just in terms of, like, the value of guards and his how much money he's making he just the overall value summation or evaluation for me um i didn't have him in the top 15 but he's definitely an honorable mention for me who do you have at 13 13 i have trey sermon the rookie running back from hmm. ohio state the third round pick uh the the 49ers traded two fourth round picks to move up in the draft to get him um, part of the value here for me, I mean, this is all a projection, right? So I think Trey Sermon, um, is going to lead the 49ers in carries this year. And, uh, just given that, given how much they're going to run the ball, I expect them to run the ball as much as any team in the league. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like 2019 where they're in the top two or three in, mm-hmm. um, in rushing rate. And if that's the case, I think Trey Sermon is going to be a very big part of that. I know he's a lot of people's betting favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year, which is a case I understand. Um, and he's a rookie uh, entering the first year of a rookie contract where, you know, he's a third-round pick, so he's he's making next to nothing. And I just, you know, relative to what I think his production is going to be, obviously that's, that's going to be a very, very valuable contra- contract for the 49ers. If he does you know, lead the team in carries like you think he does. So I have him at 13 um, just because I he's of all the rookies um, outside of Trey Lance. I think Sermon might be the, the guy in this draft class who has the most staying power. I did not have Trey Sermon on my list. Do you know why? Because he hasn't played yet. Because running backs don't matter. No, I'm joking. Uh, No, it's it, it's it's a lot because he hasn't played yet, but also because I I'm looking at it and it's probably a, a, a bad omission by me. He probably should have been on my list. Uh, I'm going to do the cop out thing and say he's 16. He's number 16 on my list okay. because I, I, I think you're right. When, when I was looking at the, when I was, cause what I do when we do these type of exercises is I just start writing names. Right. And then I, I write 20 or so names and then just kind of put them in order. The the thing with Sermon is, from my standpoint and most valuable, is I think it's going to be, he might lead the team in carries, 
but that might mean he has 165 carries or 170 carries. And Raheem Mostert's got 160, and Wayne Gallman gets some, and Elijah Mitchell gets some. Jeff Wilson Jr. gets healthy. He gets some. I, I just, when I think of running backs with the 49ers, I think that they've had so much success with the committee style through the first few years with Shanahan mm-hmm. that that a running back, uh, a rookie running back, we haven't even seen play in the NFL, which is which is also – uh, a factor here just didn't didn't make its way onto my list, but uh, I understand why. And again, I, I think he's like Aaron Banks, another rookie, who, if we do this list again, even at the bye week in week six, podcast idea by the way, even if we do this list again in the bye week in week six, I could see Sermon being being in the top fifteen and and well into it. For yeah. Me. So fifteen through thirteen for me, Alex Mack, Eric Armstead, Trey Sermon. Uh, yeah. who do you Dre, have? I have Dre Greenlaw, Alex Mack, Lakin Tomlinson, fifteen through thirteen. Okay, who's your who's your twelfth guy? Twelfth, I have Kyle Uzcheck. Okay, and the reason I put Kyle Uzcheck at twelve is because it feels like there are at least three times a game where Kyle Uzcheck does something as a blocker, as a receiver. Just there's something the Forty ers do with him on offense that keys a big play or should have keyed a big play had, you know, the throw been completed or uh, Nick Mullins interception against the Eagles comes to mind. For example, it goes from a huge gain for use check to an interception because of a bad throw, but use check is that just kind of important to what the 49ers do. You could tell because of what they paid him in 2017 and then what they paid him again this year. And there are so many times each game that I just, I watch use check and realize how much of an impact he has on the 49ers offense and and we've seen it it bore, it bears itself out in the stats when he was when he was hurt in 2019 and it bears itself out in in what they paid to bring him back so i think he is certainly one of their most important players and i think if you zoom out from the box score a little bit and uh, watch the tape you you would uh you got to put him you got to put him in the list as as defined by 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 me yeah, I think he's 16 for me, and I think it's just about the same thing, the same reason why I omitted Lake and Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. It's sort of about um, positional value and money relative to, to everything else. So I will say, like, I think Juszczyk's an extremely important player. Um, I I had no problem with the 49ers giving him what they did when they when they brought him back in the spring. Um What's what's interesting about Uzcheck is like if there's a big run and he's on the field, there's a hundred percent chance that Uzcheck threw a good block on that on that run. Right, right. Like yeah. he's there. There are so many big runs the 49ers have, and you can trace a lot of them to wow, Kyle Uzcheck made a kick-ass block. <laughs> you know, and he's just he does that all the time, and he pr- provides a unique element in the passing game. He's not the easiest matchup for for a lot of linebackers. Um, so yeah, he's an excellent player. He was just outside of the top fifteen for me because of the positional, the positional value and the and the financial value as well. So number twelve for me um, is Debo Samuel, who I think I, I think 49ers fans are split on Debo, or at least I, I think he might be one of the more polarizing players on the roster right now, just because 
of how promising it was in 2019, right? Like nearly a, a thousand yards from scrimmage as a rookie. He set the <laughs> he set the Super Bowl record for rushing yards by a receiver in 2019. Um and it seemed like he was poised to have a massive year in year two. And then he broke his foot over the summer and just really never got into playing shape because of the injuries, because practice time was so limited. He wound up in the COVID protocol midway through the season, despite getting COVID. Um, you know, I think he got COVID in June. There was uh, so he just, you know, after after having 802 receiving yards and 961 scrimmage yards, and six touchdowns. Um, he had 391 receiving yards, 417 total scrimmage yards, and one touchdown. Um, and it seemed like when he was out there, he was pretty limited in terms of what he was asked to do. It was just a lot of jet sweeps, right? There wasn't mm -hmm. the, there wasn't that um, that addition, you know, to his game from 2019. He didn't really build on that by becoming. A, a more nuanced threat down the field, which I think the 49ers need him to be uh, this season and, and going forward. So I have him at 12. He's still on the rookie contract. Um, if the 49ers are going to be successful offensively this year, I think it means getting another big season from Debo Samuel. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on Debo and, and Brandon Ayuk, who's also on this list later, um, to, to be productive skill guys. But for me, I have Debo Samuel at number 12 because... His skill set is really valuable, and I think the 49ers lost a lot last year by not having him. I mean, it was really a lost season for him. He played in, yeah. what, six, seven games? He played in seven, seven. games, yeah. but it was a lost season. So he's 12 Seven in one of the games, he literally left after one play. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a guy that has 1,300 all-purpose yards and 400 of them come on rushing plays, and he just sort of exemplifies the versatility that the 49ers offense could have. Um, so he might be a dynamic player and turn into a, you know, a star type guy. Um, but he has to stay healthy and put it all together first. So he's 12 for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.
Debo Samuel sets a tone for the 49ers offense that I'm not sure any other player can. Trey Sermon actually might with his running style, but mm-hmm. Debo Samuel plays and runs, I think, with an edge or with an attitude that just gives the 49ers offense a completely different tenor or vibe. And the, and the best be- the best example of it was the home game against the Rams when they ran it on third and six. They ran the jet sweep to him. Yes. And Mike McGlinchey was so fired up that he just decides to headbutt Ronis Grasso like five times in a row, like completely losing his mind. Yes. Because of Debo Samuel's physicality. Like that, that I think, is the, is the best example of what you're talking about just in terms of the impact he has on the offense. Yeah, he's he's... Like I said, he is a major tone setter for them. For that reason, I have him at number eight on my list. Oh, so uh, I think he is, if if Debo Samuel has a bad year or is only available for seven games, I think that's really, really bad news for the 49ers offense. I don't know if they'll re-sign him. I don't know what their plans are for him in the future, but I think that his versatility is something that makes San Francisco extremely difficult to defend. Um, whether it's actually taking the ball on a jet sweep or just having that motion and making the defense watch it, it is it is a key cog of the 49ers offense. And his ability to create yards after the catch is obviously very important. So for that reason, I, I listed Debo at number eight on my list. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got to stay healthy. Um, and I think he's got to be a more, a more, more of a downfield threat than, than he was last year. He can't be pigeonholed into just the jet sweep guy. Yeah. Um, are you on a, are we on 11 with you? Yes. Who's your number 11 guy? So what we'll do for this one is I'll give my explanation just real quick and then we'll move on because this guy is much higher on your list and I don't want to have the full conversation just yet. Is it Mish Wisnowski? How did you know? No, uh, Tabor Pepper is number eleven. No, um, I did your joke. I did Tabor Pepper. I did your joke, but with a different player. Got See? it. Yeah, that way it's fresh and new material. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Number so eleven. Me- I have Trey Lance at number eleven. Wow. Because eleven again, again, we're talking most valuable. Where it's like that could be the Niners' best player on a regular. I know he hasn't played yet, but given that he went third overall and just how important the backup quarterback has been for the 49ers during Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure. I I think that, that Trey Lance, I'm putting him on the list for now because of what I think he can be, which I didn't necessarily do for any of the other rookies, but I think we're going to see Trey Lance this year. And I think being Jimmy Garoppolo's va- uh, backup, given Garoppolo's injury history, is is pretty valuable. John Lynch wanted to insulate the 49ers from their starting quarterback getting hurt, and I think Trey Lance does that, and that's why he lands at number 11 for me. Who's number 11 for you? Uh, yeah, I have Trey Lance much higher than that, and that'll be yep. uh, a preview for the next pod, or I guess a tease for the next pod. Um, 11 for me is Raheem Mostert. Mm. And this sort of this is the one guy on the list that – um, I had, I, I sort of went outside my, my traditional thinking, you know, when it comes to like position value, position value and like just that type of stuff. Like he's not on a rookie contract. He is getting paid a little bit of money, but, um, it's mostly because of how unique his skill set is. 
and that the 49ers don't have anybody that can replicate his speed right now right and he's making 3.6 million dollars against the cap this year so it's not a whole lot of money for for your number one running back um but i just think he he has a singular skill set his speed creates a lot for them not only just in terms of raw production but in just utilizing the threat in play action you can go outside zone with the fastest guy in the field and then peel it back and and create throwing lanes for the quarterback because people are overplaying toward one side because they're worried about Raheem Mostert's speed. Um, we saw it obviously in the 2019 title game. Uh, we've seen it, you know, making big plays. He had the the first touchdown of the year against the Cardinals, where um, you know he made Isaiah Simmons look silly, and then the early on against the Jets in Week Two, he broke a long run for for a 70 odd yard touchdown. Um, it's just a singular skill set and his speed paired with Kyle Shanahan's scheme to me just makes him a super valuable player. And I know, you know, running backs aren't the most valued guys, but just in terms of that speed and that skill set, number 11 for, for me feels about right, even though I didn't love putting a running back there who's not on a rookie contract, but, yeah. um, but Mostert's good enough to, to, I, I think he deserves that, that spot because if he's healthy and rolling, the 49ers are much harder to, de- to defend. I have Raheem Mostert higher on the list. Okay. Preview for next pod. Oh, wow. Yeah. Top eight. Yeah. Top, Top eight. seven. Wow. Well, don't give it all away. I'm not. Okay. Um, well, because we we're doing up to eight. So if he's not yeah. in today's pod, he's in the top seven. Anyway, oh, that's yeah, that's good. You're right. Good call. Number ten for me, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I figured I should put him and Trey Lance back to back. Huh? Since I talked about Lance's importance, so to being Jimmy Garoppolo great. is more valuable than Trey Lance. Yeah, because we know that Jimmy Garoppolo can play quarterback a little bit in the NFL. Trey Lance might be terrible. I don't think he's going to be, but he might be. Okay. And from a from a standpoint of and and honestly like Jimmy Garoppolo if they had to play a game right now is the starting quarterback. So sure. that's that's kind of where I land. Again, it's not perfect logic, but what the hell do you want from me? You know? <laughs> we, it, it, like <laughs> um <laughs> Garoppolo is I think we've reached a point where he's now underrated. Oh. I think he doesn't he doesn't suck. He's not this terrible quarterback that if the 49ers move forward with him, they're never going to win another game. That They went to a Super Bowl with him as quarterback, and he was a significant part of the reason they were the number one seed, which is a significant part of the reason they went to the Super Bowl. We've talked about that on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. He got hurt last year, and in the one game he was healthy, he was throwing to Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor, both of whom are no longer on the team. So I don't... I don't think that, again, if we redo this list after after week six or during during the bye week in week six, maybe Garoppolo's not on the list and, and Lance is way higher. Who knows? But we haven't seen Lance play yet. We know Garoppolo is capable of taking a team to a Super Bowl or putting them in a position to get to a Super Bowl and was probably going to win the MVP of that Super Bowl had, had a couple more plays gone their way. So... I've got Garoppolo in the top 10. He's one spot ahead of Trey Lance. I'm not cementing Garoppolo there like he's 
He's absolutely going to be there all year. But right now, he's their starting quarterback. Going into camp, he's their starting quarterback. And he doesn't suck at playing quarterback. So Garoppolo goes at number 10 for me. And he also wears number 10, uh, a jersey number. Great observation. Yeah. Um, Symmetry. Yeah, I have Jimmy Garoppolo a touch higher, um, but... Is he in today's show? Yes, where where okay. I have him relative to Trey Lance is significantly different than than Correct. you, um, which will be an interesting conversation for the next pod. I I am intrigued by the the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo is now underrated. I think that's an interesting take to have right now in June. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Uh, if he comes out and stays healthy, there's a chance that he has the best season of his career. Like mm-hmm. that, I think it's very much on the table. Um, but you know, we'll have to see if he, if, if, and when he, he beats out Trey Lance for the starting job. I mean, I, I'm very curious to see Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021 for me is probably the highest variance guy on the roster for obvious reasons, right? Like he can either build off what he was in 2019, take the next step and be comfortably a top 10 quarterback and then you say, okay, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo might be underrated because, you know, maybe the 49ers didn't absolutely have to draft his replacement in Trey Lance, albeit they had, you know, they have plenty of reasons to. But, um, or it could be that Jimmy Garoppolo loses a starting job in training camp and then the 49ers trade him before the trade deadline as a backup with Trey Lance getting all the playing time. It's a, there, there's a wide range of outcomes here for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm very fascinated to see. Um, but I did have him a little higher than you. Um, number 10 for me is Jimmy Ward. And I have Ward at 10 because I think he's one of the more underrated safeties in the league. Um, he's excellent in coverage. I think, you know, that a lot of people hold his lack of interceptions against him. He hasn't had an interception since 2015, I believe. Um but I think a lot of that is is he's not thrown at a ton because generally he's in the right place and covers his guy and, and you know, offenses go elsewhere. The fact that he was the starting free safety on a defense that was statistically the best against the pass in a decade, going back to the 2009 Jets, I believe, and just in terms of raw yardage, the 49ers are running a, you know, a single high safety look. And Jimmy Ward is that high safety and he has a ton of range and he's a good tackler. Um, You know, so I I think you look at the secondary and how different the secondary is going to look this year. I think Jimmy Ward's just a really important part of it. And particularly now with Traverius Moore out, if you lose Jimmy Ward, you know, there are a lot of questions about who the backup free safety is right now. Like, I don't know who the backup free safety is right now if Jimmy Ward gets hurt. So... Um, he's a super valuable player. I know he dealt with injuries early in his career, um, but he's turned it around. The fact he's survived through all of the coaches, uh, you know, he, he was drafted by the Jim Harbaugh, uh, administration and has survived through all of those coaching changes. I think that speaks to the type of player and person he is. Um, so Jimmy Ward, top 10, most valuable 49er for me. I don't think you have that great like you're I don't I think he was a serious asset to the past defense in 2019 I think he was last year and I think he's going to be again this year as long as he stays healthy um so Jimmy Ward number 10 
I hope you didn't think that your fellow Jimmy Ward Island dweller had left Jimmy Ward off the list. I I haven't seen your list. I, I didn't think you would. No, he's in he's in next episode for for your boy. Oh wow! That so I'll valuable. save my I'll save my Jimmy Ward stuff for that. Okay. Good player. Good player, Jimmy Ward. Who do you have for number nine? All right, number nine on my list. Remember, number eight was Debo Samuel, so this will be my last one. Nickel corner, K1 Williams, being able to limit an opposing team's slot receiver, control the middle of the field, which you talked a little bit about with Dre Greenlaw. We'll talk about it next episode with Fred Borner. I just think K1 Williams does so many good things for the 49ers defense that helps to combat modern offenses, and I think that's going to continue to be the case uh, next season and, and into the future. You need a good slot corner. And I think that Kwan Williams is one of the you know six or eight best in the league, so that's why he makes my list at number nine. Yeah, he was an honorable mention for me just because he's coming off a season which he played in only eight games, and and sure. some of its positional value, I guess, for me too. Um, but yeah, he was just outside of fifteen for me. But I think he's a good player, and and I totally get uh, why you have him here. So number nine for me is Jason Verrett. Um, Interesting. And this has a lot more to do with positional value, how good he could be relative to what he's getting paid. Um, he signed a two-year, $10 million contract, uh, which is, you know, if he plays like he did last year, that's probably worth, I don't know, 12 to $15 million in of itself, just like because that's what high-quality corners get paid. So the fact that you get Jason Verrett uh, for $10 million over two years, I think, is is potentially really valuable if he can stay healthy. That's obviously the huge caveat with Jason Verrett. But given how good he is, given he plays a premium position, given that um, he's not making a whole lot of money, and just given the upside, to me, he's he's the ninth most valuable player for the 49ers. Um and uh, if if he does have another good season, maybe he ends up moving up the list. And I would imagine, too, that if Jason Verrett does have a good season like last year and he stays healthy and plays in, you know, 14, 15 games, mm-hmm. then we might be talking about a contract situation, um, you know, after the season. Because if he puts together back-to-back high-quality seasons, I have a hard time seeing Verrett going into a contract year past the age of 30, um, making just $5 million when he could be yeah. doubling or tripling that per season. Yeah, uh, full disclosure, I had Verrett right about this spot on my list, and then I started moving some names around, crossed him out, and never re-added him to the list. So wow. he probably would have been right around here on mine had I not uh, made that clerical mistake i i don't have any disagreements he was a borderline pro bowler last year and i think he probably uh is is right there in the mix again if he if he builds on what he did last year and another part of his value like if he goes down like the 49ers are pretty screwed at corner yeah that's fair right he's he's a good player so you have uh you already have debo samuel at eight we've already talked about him so why don't you go through 15 through eight for you, and then I'll I'll give my eighth guy. All right, 15 through eight. Let's see. I don't have a light on, so I've got to grab my phone and get some light on this situation. Dre Greenlaw is number 15 for me, followed by center Alex Mack, another offensive lineman at 13. It's Lakin Tomlinson. 12th is the fullback Kyle Juszczyk. Number 11, I have Trey Lance right behind Jimmy Garoppolo at 10. 
K1 Williams, I had at number nine, and Debo Samuel was my number eight. Finish this up with your number eight, Chris. Okay, so I had uh, 15 Alex Mack, 14 Eric Armstead, 13 Trey Sermon, 12 Debo Samuel, 11 Raheem Mostert, 10 Jimmy Ward, 9 Jason Verrett. Okay, so number eight for me is Javon Kinlaw. And I have him at number eight, not because of how productive he was as a rookie, um, not because I think he's the 49ers' eighth best player, although it wouldn't surprise me if if he was in that realm after year two. Um, you know, just a, just one and a half sacks last year. He appeared in 14 games, made 12 starts, had that interception for a touchdown. He batted down four passes. Um, the thing with Javon Kinlaw for me and why I have him at number eight is, is a combination of upside um, his contract and just the fact that he's still a young guy, right? You still have four more seasons under team control, uh, including that fifth year option. And so to me, that's a large part of the value, right? And I think Javon Kinlaw has an elite skill set and could potentially become a Fletcher Cox type player. And if he is, that's that would be huge for the 49ers. And I think that's what they're hoping to get from him. I don't think he's going to be DeForest Buckner. I still don't think uh, hindsight is reflecting all that all that well on that decision to trade away to Forrest Buckner and draft Javon Kinlaw with that pick they got in return. Um, but I think Kinlaw's eighth most valuable 49er. I don't think he's on your list at all, is he? Correct. Yeah. So he's for me, it's about just going back to that same conversation we've had about, you know, assets and what Javon Kinlaw is in that respect, because he's a year removed from being a first round pick. He still has all, all all the pro like there's nothing that happened last season that makes me think he can't turn into a Pro Bowl type player. Yeah. Um, even though you 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 know you might have wanted more consistency out of him, but there were some plays where it's like, man, this guy could be really good. And if he just does that more consistently, more often, then he could be a real player for them. So for me, th- this is kind of a projection similar with like you know, the conversation with Trey Sermon, it's like, I think Javon Kinlaw could be a really important player for the 49ers defense. If he ends up being, you know, better than Eric Armstead, then I think he's certainly, you know, in that realm of like one of the team's more valuable young guys. So for me, he's number eight um, because of just how young he is and what I think his ceiling is. That said, he's still got to reach it. And this isn't, he's not eight because he's the 49ers eighth best player. He's eight because He's a first round pick. He's potentially a really good player on a rookie contract and only a year into his career. Yeah, I need to see it first. Brian Baldinger from NFL Media had a really good video about Kinlaw that he posted to his Twitter account that showed a lot of the really good things Kinlaw did last year. But there were a lot of times where he was just running into a wall and not moving anybody. So I need to see the production. I need to see him be more consistently dominant before I make him one of the, one of the 15 best players. If I'm, if my version of, of most valuable, uh, I have a player like DJ Jones, uh, ahead of, ahead of Javon Kinlaw right now. So, uh, he's not in my top 15, but because of all the things you said, I I could certainly see him getting there with, with a more dominant second year. Yeah. So I think that's, We've both gone through 15 through eight. For me, 15, Alex Mack, 14, Eric Armstead, 13, Trey Sermon, 12, Debo Samuel, 11, Raheem Mostert, 10, Jimmy Ward, 9, Jason Verrett, and 8, Javon Kinlaw. We'll go through seven, and 
seven to one on both of our lists on the next pod we record, which will come later in the week. And uh, any final thoughts before signing off? Are we are we going to let the <laughs> should we let the listeners know how much of a pain in the ass recording this episode? Huge was? pain in the ass. You're all welcome. Subscribe, <laughs> rate, review. We'll see you guys next time. I think we I think this one took six different recordings to uh, to get it right. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, and it took let's see, ninety, it. almost eighty, almost eighty five minutes yeah. to record. So we'll see how long it actually ends up being. Shout out to uh, shout out to our editor Tyler Chin for putting all this thing together. He's the best. He's the best. This is not going to be easy, um, but we appreciate him. Okay. Goodbye.